0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cult Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider becoming a patron and joining us at www.patreon.com forward slash Colt Popsha.
1: Here we go now. Shabuya! shah shah shibuya roll call. My name is AJ... Yeah, I like to party. Yeah, and when I shake it. Yeah, the boys say, hey, mummy. Shabuya. Shabuya.
0: Um, <laughs> my name is Richard. Yeah. And I'm the bad boy oh, yeah. of the podcast. Hell yeah. So I'm not going to play along with this ah, because I'm excellent. too cool for it
1: you are too cool hey everybody and welcome along to the Colt Popshire podcast this is our first episode on the Little Empire podcast network so if you're an old listener get you know this is going to be a bit more uh, entry level than than some of our previous episodes particularly <laughs> the uh, 12 hour Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe episode a bit more entry level than that uh, and if you're a new listener um, welcome uh, and uh, we hope you enjoy the next however long yeah. we talk about what we're going to talk about um, you have tuned into i'm aj by the way if you missed that at the start my yeah and i intro. am
0: richard and i am the bad boy that was not yeah, no that that was 100 accurate <laughs> um yeah so that yeah, was not just, a joke yeah just get ready for that like if you're like well this this boy's pretty bad did he really i mean did warn he, you he was the bad boy that i, I don't <laughs> give a stuff
1: So, you've tuned in to our flagship fortnightly show, Film Franchise Fortnights. This is something we do every fortnight where we watch an entire movie series or franchise um, and then we get together and discuss it. We share our thoughts, we talk about any fun you know, behind the scenes trivia or observations we had. Um, We pitch our own sequel ideas. uh, And then at the end, we'll be rolling a figurative roulette wheel to decide what our next film in the franchise will be or what our next film franchise will be. Um, And so that could be anything. We've got a whole list on a whole Google doc of franchises. So it could be anything from the five pirates of the Caribbean movies to the Stuart little trilogy uh, to the 23 Amityville horror movies. Did you know there are 23 of them now?
0: (laughs) Yes, because I'm the one that wrote that on the list.
1: (laughs) No, it says 18 on the list. I had to update it. There have been that many in the past two years since we added it to
0: the list. I do not believe you.
1: Well, I counted twice to make sure I didn't count wrong. Um, But before, you know, before we get get too far down the rabbit hole of talking about a different franchise, um, this episode that you've tuned into now, we're going to be talking about the six films in the Bring It On series, which is a franchise that focuses on the life and times of competitive cheerleading. Uh, These films started in 2000 and the most recent sequel came out in 2017. Yeah, you're right. Yep. I'm right. Um, Richard what, if any any preconceived uh, opinions on cheerleading before we lost oh, on films? cheerleading I thought
0: you were going to say <laughs> on Bring It On uh, you know before no. this I just thought that cheerleaders were a bunch of one dimensional uh, <laughs> basic white girls that yeah. were the popular kids at school and have never had yeah. to struggle in their life and now boy has my <laughs> appreciation for um, cheerleaders just skyrocketed <laughs> yeah. uh, I do also want to Take um, this opportunity as being the the longest um, I've spoken so far on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode specifically, I've spoken no, for podcast. much longer <laughs> in the past. But um, I am just coming off having a cold, so I don't normally sound like this. Or maybe I do, but I think mm. it's sli- I feel slightly different than usual. Mm-hmm. So if you hate my okay. voice- Uh, and you're a new listener, stick around for another episode. Or go listen
1: to the the six-hour Marvel Phase 3 episode.
0: And if you don't like it, I don't care. If you like this one more. Because I'm a bad boy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the first film in the series was called Bring It On. Uh, That came out in 2000. It was directed by Peyton Reed um, and a way that we kind of gauge what the general consensus is for each movie that we cover on this podcast is we go to a little website called rotten tomatoes which if you don't know uh aggregates you know critical opinion on different films so richard what do you think rotten tomatoes what what is the the rotten tomatoes score for bring it on
0: 66
1: it is 63 percent which means that 63 percent of critics who watched it gave it above a five out of 10 which is a very confusing way to yeah. to to rate a film but there you go 63 percent that's um that's like a a low good movie like a not that great but okay movie
0: yeah because 60 percent is the threshold for what they they call being either fresh or rotten yeah so yep. 60 the, the above 60 is it's mm. still worth watching.
1: Yeah, and it has a 66% audience score, which is what, you know, you and me could rate Yeah, which is with why I said and- 66,
0: because I'm ah, more tapped into the yeah. the zeitgeist than what those, what those pretentious critics kind of think, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, usually we don't necessarily say the 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 audience score as well as the critic score, but um, if a film can be, if if we cover a lot of obscure sequels on this show, and so a lot of them don't have Rotten Tomatoes scores, and you'll uh, find that out with <laughs> with uh, this series. Um, so sixty six percent audience score. Remember that. And Richard, what is Bring It On two thousand about?
0: Okay. Bring it on 2000, the full title. Uh, so it's we, we meet Torrance, who is played mm-hmm. by Kirsten Dunst. She is uh, a cheerleader and she is elected to be cheer, the new cheer captain when the former captain, graduate, Big Red, graduates mm-hmm. and goes off to college. So... Uh, one of their teammates breaks their leg. Her name is Carver, but she's not really important to the story. And Mm. so they hold auditions to replace them and they get Missy, who uh, much like myself was kind of like the bad boy of cheerleading, except she's a girl. Um, So in her, when we meet her, she's a total bad girl, Um, you know, doesn't care about cheerleading at all, but uh, she's good at gymnastics. So the the Venn diagram of skills has a massive yeah. kind of crossover. You don't really need to focus on the fact that she's the bad girl because it doesn't really come up again. <laughs> uh, but she, after joining the team and seeing the Tauros, that's the team, uh, their routines, she realizes that all of their she 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 shows Torrance essentially that all of their cheers were stolen from a rival team, uh, which is made up of African Americans and um, Latino Hispanic um, yeah. uh, girls, and from East Compton, yeah, East yeah, Compton yeah, the Compton East Compton, Compton Clovers. Clovers who are led by ISIS,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> The, the, that's the character. Yeah, name, the character, not
0: the, not the <laughs> terrorist organisation,
1: or the Egyptian goddess. Yeah, think, yeah, that would be an interesting movie. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: so this uh, starts a rivalry between the Taurus and the Clovers, uh, which goes all the way up to national championships. The Clovers, uh, they, they, they sort of, they're too poor to go. To, to nationals but they win the prize money from an oprah-like figure who yeah. grew up in the same or uh, is an alumni of their school yeah, yeah. so they get to go to nationals and they eventually win um and the Toros come in second place so it completes the rags to riches story yeah. for the clovers and the tauros are humbled by coming in second place but now they've grown as people yeah and it's a very moving story.
1: Yeah, developed as characters just in time for us to never see any of them again in the rest yeah, of the yeah. series. Um, so this uh, this movie makes Bring It On our second franchise in a row to feature at least one film directed by Peyton Reed. Uh, he directed Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which we covered last month. Um, however, this is our third time discussing his work on Cole Popture, as he also directed a lot of the Back to the Future animated series, mm. which we covered on our Patreon a quick little patreon plug up top for our new listeners we're already trying to get money out of you Um, this is also our second kirsten dunst franchise after spider-man
0: very cool so if any of those sound good check them out they're of varying quality
1: Much like these films. <laughs> All right, so Bring It On Again, 2004. This was directed by Damon Santostefano. Uh, it has no critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Bring It On huh. Again. It doesn't have a critic score. I thought that at least the second one would, um, but it does have a 37% audience score, so a pretty hefty drop from um 66 from the last film yeah to, to um,
0: not existing yeah
1: i oh, know the, the yeah. audience am i score. right
0: to assume that no more of these films have um critic scores
1: uh you would be incorrect to assume that really
0: but... does the one with hayden panetti have one
1: <laughs> it does <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what is bring it on again about again again how do you pronounce that
0: uh i'm not gonna that? pick a side so uh, our main character this time was called Whittier.
1: So weird, right? <laughs> yeah. That's not a name. So Whittier, it, it kind of rhymes with like Lydia, but it's not spelt like.
0: Yeah, that. Whittier. Yeah, it's it's yeah. weird. Like there's sometimes you mishear it in the film, and yeah, it's it's very strange.
1: It's as weird of a name as as Damon Santodistefano. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. So yeah, she is starting at college. And mm-hmm. so presumably they wanted to do this with Kirsten Dunst, um, yeah. <laughs> I would assume. But uh, yeah. So Whittier starts a new college and joins the cheer squad. The squad is ruled by the tyrant Tina, who mm-hmm. eventually becomes so controlling that uh, Whittier and her friend Monica leave the squad, starting their own oh team gosh. of ragtag misfits, um, who's made up from like, because they, they value the cheer squad so much because they won seven times uh mm. so they keep that program and get rid of like drama and all those ones that no one cares about so all the drama students and all these people who hated cheerleaders form this squad who inexplicably win nationals uh mm. and then tina's like oh i want it on this
1: and then Woody is like yes yeah, sweet um they don't win nationals they win the the chance to represent the, that right. college at nationals okay so much like how you never see the high school musical in high school musical <laughs> you never actually see the ultimate like competition in this for sure yeah yeah and then we never see these characters again after that <laughs> exactly um so this film makes this our second franchise in a row in which the phrase whatever it takes is adopted as somewhat of a mantra by the characters in this film or in the films um again this is after the mcu because whatever it takes was one of the Taglines for Avengers Endgame. Uh, This film was also co-written by Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn, who are the brother and cousin of James Gunn, who directed the two Guardians of the Galaxy films. What do you think about that?
0: Uh, That's pretty funny. I believe I'm the one that pointed it out to you. You are. As well. Uh, one thing about this, we, we, I'd mention it in the first film or in this film, and I don't think I'm going to mention it for any of the other films, but they all have like these love stories often involve cheating um, mm. or some kind of, you know, sneaking around behind each other's back. Like, I've got a boyfriend, but this guy's super cute. Um, and then eventually it all turns out okay. But the one in this film... Is so dirty looking. <laughs> He's like got this like gross, unwashed blonde hair and like yep. this disgusting, stubbly little um, goatee. Soul patch, and yeah. there's which she's she starts at the college and there's its orientation. And she looks over at this guy and he looks at her. And I was like, oh, that's going to be you know the, the creepy villain who hits on her. And then she goes over and is like twirling her hair and so like flustered around yep. him. And I was like, yep. wait, is this is that guy supposed to be attractive? And I was watching it with Jess, who's my girlfriend for for new (laughs) listeners who don't know that. Um, And I was like, and it took us ages to find out. I was like, wait, Jess, is this guy attractive? And she was like, no. And I was like, okay. Mm. She thinks he's attractive though. So what's, what's happening?
1: You're starting to sound a bit like the film's villain, Richard, who also doesn't think he's attractive and also doesn't think that Whittier should be with
0: him. Well, one thing I actually kind of liked about this film, from memory, and I could be getting it confused with another film, because these are all the exact same, um, I I actually quite liked Tina in this film, I think. She mm. was kind of my favorite, or like the my favorite villain in the sense that she was like the least villainy, or maybe kind of, maybe yeah. she was the most well-developed. Yeah, yeah. And I, I yeah, I sort of sympathized with her the most, I think. Sure. Maybe, Oop. from
1: memory. All right. All right. Well, uh, 2006. It's now uh, close your eyes Richard. It's now 2006. Can you picture it?
0: Uh yes, I'm just starting high school.
1: Oh, cool. Um bring it on. All or nothing comes out. Oh my god, who are you? <laughs> uh this is this film was directed by Steve Rash. Uh what do you think this has on on Tomatoes? Oh, uh, like 20%. 20% critic score, you're right. Uh, the audience score, though, is 70%, making it the highest rated in the whole series yeah. in terms of it,
0: It's like, because, yeah, this one, as I mentioned briefly before, it stars Hayden Panettiere of uh, Heroes fame.
1: I'm so glad you said her surname first.
0: Yeah, Hayden Panettiere, I think, is I yeah. Yeah. Panettiere, um, yeah. Yeah, she's also from A Bug's Life. Um, she voices the- And
1: Remember the Titans.
0: Yeah, and uh, I Love You, Beth Cooper.
1: Yep. And Nashville.
0: <laughs> and uh, oh, I can't remember any other yeah.
1: things she's in. Um, that's but a, anyway. That's, I think that's an accurate description of Hayden Panatea. She yeah. was kind of like the it girl for a very short period of time. Yeah, then- it was like
0: she was about to blow up because of heroes. And then heroes kind of bombed and it never really went yeah. anywhere because oh she's in scream four as well actually
1: Ah, true yeah she was too all right what is bring it on all or nothing about though richard
0: uh yeah so hayden panetti plays britney who's the your typical uh what i thought a cheerleader was before watching yeah, yeah. this film she's the rich white girl on top of the world uh, thanks to her dad's money but then her dad loses his job forcing the family to move to to move to kind of a um a disadvantaged city is how mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Wikipedia describes it. So she moves to a high school where she is more or less the only white girl. And uh, she meets Camille, who is the cheerleading captain played by Solange Knowles or Solange, I don't know, Beyonce's sister. Um, where, But she, but Hayden Panettiere, Brittany, has already vowed to never cheer for another team. So mm. she starts cheering for another team. Uh yeah. and then Rihanna, like the singer Rihanna playing herself, uh, at
1: the height of her early yeah, career. Yeah, so though, this is
0: though, this yeah. is um if it's lovin' that you want slash yeah. ponder replay, she doesn't appear on set in the film um just kind of appears in a bunch of cutaway shots. There are there's mm. two very brief shots where she's like in front of a crowd. Um, and she I think she does interact with the leads at one w- at one point. But anyway, um she has announced this this TV special where squads will go up against each other and then Brittany finds out her boyfriend's cheating on her with the girl who she vowed she would never cheer again to. And yeah. so then she's like, well I'm gonna get them back. So They start taking the whole national or whatever, Rihanna's thing seriously. Hmm. And then Brittany has the amazing idea. She's like, guys, you guys have this special skill and we need to use it if we're going to win this thing. Guys, you're crumping. We need a crump.
1: It's 2006, baby, and crumping is relevant. (laughs) We're going to do a movie about crumping and cheerleading.
0: And so the final thing ends up being Britney's school, new school versus her old one, and they win because the new school wins because Rihanna's a big fan of crumping, uh, (laughs) and she she judges based uh, not on where they came from, but the the power of the crump. So. Uh, they yeah, get to much be too,
1: much to Winnie's chagrin. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so they get it to be in the background of a video for Ponder Replay,
1: which closes out the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Bring It On All or Nothing uh, makes the Bring It On franchise our second one to feature a film directed by Steve Rash, who also directed. American Pie Presents Bandcamp. And speaking of band camps, or camps in general, and Steve Rash in general, uh, 2007 brought us Bring It On, In It To Win It, also directed by Steve Rash. Uh, No critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 70% audience score. So, you know, the fans of All or Nothing were really in it for In It To Win It.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, so In It To Win It. This one is... (sighs) So, this one. This one stays <laughs> Ashley Benson from, I want to say, Pretty Little Liars. Uh, there's two rival squads. This is a very, getting very light on my synopses. <laughs> uh, two rival squads, the Sharks and the Jets, are forced to work together um, because of plot reasons. Spirit Stick goes missing, which are, yeah. like, really important in these films. Uh, yeah. They eventually team up. They, they they put half of their teams together together. Uh, and they team up as the East
1: West Coast Shits. It's so fun. They're like they when they team up, they're like, "All right, we're gonna." I was thinking maybe the East uh, East West Spirits as a, as a name, which I was like, "Yeah," because the Spirit Stick is, yeah, is like the McGuffin of this film. And then they act like that's the worst idea ever, and then they settle on the East West Shits, <laughs> which you couldn't. That's such a bad name. <laughs> it sounds like the Shits, like the East yeah. West Shits, is this the name of their new team? <laughs>
0: And then uh, they take they they, they <laughs> so they <laughs> create they were they're at like a theme park and yeah no
1: they they're at a camp they're at a cheer camp which for some reason takes blue lace at, like Universal Resort like, yeah it's so weird like because these are Universal movies as yeah. in the company that 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 uh, yeah distributed them um not not their acclaim they're they're like the way they reach people you know (laughs) yeah they don't have universal uh, acclaim yeah yeah um and so i'm assuming they were like right it's set at a camp and they're like wow we could use universal's resort for free probably and it's like (laughs) how much are these people paying for their cheerleader kids to go to this like there's like a roller coaster there there's like all these theme park attractions it's crazy
0: yeah well because there's one of those things that's like Uh, It's like a roller coaster where they, like, flip over as they, it's very hard Mm. to describe without, if you can't see my hands, Um, which most of you can't. In fact, there's only one person Mm. right now in the world who can see my my cans, (laughs) my hands. And (laughs) And I'm not listening to you. There's (laughs) no one else I would rather have look at my hands. But anyway, um, yeah, where they kind of, like, they cross over and flip at the same time and they're like, we have to do that. And they're like, no, it's impossible. And then there's a training montage of them learning this move that isn't very visually impressive and doesn't seem very hard to do. Um, <laughs> but they managed to pull it off for the finals and then they win. Uh, this movie was, was pretty tough to get through. <laughs> the, this was the one that I was like, oh, man, um, this must have like five minutes to go. And I'd literally- been watching it for 40 minutes yeah it had like almost an hour to go
1: my um illegal stream of this movie stopped working and it paused for about 10 minutes and after i waited for it to load and then played it again i couldn't remember what i was watching I couldn't remember <laughs> yeah. what was happening in the story um so this film ends with a music video again much like the rihanna one did but this one is a song called he said she said by ashley tisdale uh, making bring it on our third ashley tisdale franchise following High School Musical and Scary Movie because she's the hero of Scary Movie Five.
0: Yeah, um, and yeah. but she—it's not just completely random that she appears in this. Her sister yeah. is in this film, Jennifer yeah. Tisdale. Yeah.
1: Uh, then in two thousand nine, so two years later, we got Bring It On: Fight to the Finish. This was directed by Billy Woodruff. Uh, this is no critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, but it does have a sixty four percent audience score, meaning it was ranked lower than In It to Win It and All or Nothing. Despite the fact that I think it's much better than both of those films, so there we go. Um, what did what did what is it about? Before um, we get okay. into opinions, so this is what we let opinions.
0: <laughs> this so. is what I've written. Uh, somehow. It's the longest one. Uh, but I also barely remember what it is about. Mm. Uh, I remember that it starts quite stylized in the way it's shot mm. and colored. And I was like, oh, cool. They're doing something different. And then the the sort of the main cast is um, Latino. Yeah. Hispanic. And uh, yeah, there's a plot and then... They win at nationals.
1: <laughs> uh. Yeah, there's a rival school. Um, it's the main character. It's very similar to the plot for um, for All or Nothing and and Hayden Panettiere's one, where the main character moves from Malibu to, um, no, she moves to Malibu from West California or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's a fish and, out of water story. Yeah, and you know creates the team there and they they're basically challenging the high school's title for their main cheerleading squad which is also the same thing happened and bring it on again.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then th- they they win by doing a routine to oh by Forever the Sickest Kids and it's the weirdest song choice I've ever seen in a film. It's like <laughs> not at all teased throughout the film that's like hey, let's do this obscure emo song from 2009. Yep by FTSK as yeah. um, fans like myself uh, would refer to them as. But yeah, Forever the Sickest mm. Kids. A very, very strange song choice.
1: Okay, so this uh, the director of this film, Billy Woodruff, he might uh, end up being the subject of a statistic for a future episode, Richard, because outside of this film, he directed all four Honey films. The Jessica Alba movie, honey. Oh, yeah. There's four of them, and he directed all of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. I have only so seen the go. first one, and his direction was not noteworthy to me.
1: <laughs> um. So, uh, Bring It On uh, returned uh, <sighs> eight years later. They took an eight year hiatus, and they came back with Bring It On Worldwide Hashtag Cheersmack. Uh, the correct title <sighs> being Bring It On Worldwide Hashtag Cheersmack. The omission of the uh, hash symbol on the wikipedia page is due to technical restrictions <laughs> um our first film i think that's had a hashtag in the title <laughs> that we've covered. yeah uh, this was directed by robert Adet- adetui adetui uh it has no critic score on ron tomatoes and eight percent audience score the lowest audience score by a country mile. Um, This is a why did this exist movie? This is a why did they make this kind of movie? But it does
0: have a a solid theory as to why it was created. Sure. Well, I mean I have a solid theory anyway. Okay, well we'll
1: we'll tell us what it's about first. Okay. Well let us know why you think it was created. uh,
0: This one is like simultaneously the most interesting sequel, but also like one of the worst movies I've ever seen.
1: It's it's the same. Way, it's an interesting sequel in the same way Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom was an interesting sequel. Yeah, because it it's like, sucks. oh yeah, they did they did something different. It was worse, but they did something different.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, our main character is a girl called Destiny, who is like this worldwide celebrity in the world of cheerleading. Um, so it opens. She's doing her fucking routine at some. Nationals or regionals Or whatever they are um, And then on, on screen appears The Truth Who is like uh, anonymous the You know the like The internet uh, uh. people that wear the Guy Fawkes masks The, the internet
1: um, if, uh, terrorist group terrorist Yeah if I, if I, if I
0: misrepresented marks. you anonymous Please don't dox me If you're listening to this <laughs> But anyway they, they wear these masks And they're like Destiny we're taking you down And then the whole world turns on destiny, including the cheer goddess, played by um, Vivacia A. Fox, or Vivica. Our uh, second
1: Vivacia A. Fox franchise after Kill Bill.
0: Yeah, I know she saw how to say her first name. I hope that's right. But um, mm. yeah, she does like these daily or weekly, or whatever, webcasts where people can Skype in or call in and she...
1: The world of this film <sighs> is very generous to how much people care about cheerleading. It's so... And then so
0: she... Um, basically, yeah, she, like, calls out destiny on this. It's like, this is just some kid and you're, like, a god to these people.
1: That's what a cheer smack is. It's like calling out another cheerleader on a worldwide scale
0: it's like it's like a fat wire, yeah <laughs> it's like a cheer fat wire,
1: <laughs> bring it on worldwide fat wire <laughs> um,
0: and then she uh yeah, so she tells the whole world to hate destiny, who's just some kid who's got her own you know insecurities and mm. is just trying to make it through life, but um she destiny then gets like a street gang. To join her squad. Um And then at the... Air, spoilers for Bring It On Worldwide hashtag cheer smack. Uh, it turns out that the truth was her squad somehow and they didn't like her. And then... It was her
1: entire squad as well. Like every other supporting character was a villain at the start of this movie. And it's like... It's it's almost um, Get Out levels of, like, <laughs> you know, like he finds out that everyone in Get Out is against him.
0: Yeah, like a secret society that's, like, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But it's a very strange movie and the world of it is ridiculous, but it mm. does end with, like, uh, throughout the world, it's, like, a simulcast of a cheer competition and it cuts to like Australia and Germany and South Africa. Mm. And they all have like their own cheer squads. And it's, it seems to me that this film was very clearly made to be, have your cheer squad feature in a bring it on film. Yeah. And we're going to make one specifically to work around that. I don't know why they chose the cheer goddess and the truth to be the film surrounding that. But yeah, they got every, all these <laughs> so international cheer squads to record mm. their routine and then a shot of them being disappointed at not winning.
1: <laughs> yeah. So if you um want to know what the, the truth these anonymous cheerleaders look like but you don't want to watch the movie head on over to our instagram at cult where uh i took a photo of them we take <laughs> photos of the movies that we watch so there you go um so this film makes bring it on our second franchise in which the first five films in the series open with a horrific dream sequence after final destination <laughs> of which there are only five of but yeah you know.
0: this film as soon as it started i was like it's committed the cardinal sin of bring it on like
1: yeah it did like it didn't start with a with a dream with sequence. A dream sequence. And it's, well, it's interesting you say that because it is, does seem to be aware that it's a combo breaker. Yeah,
0: because, because s- s- someone she's like, this must be a nightmare. And someone goes, you're not dreaming. And I was like, well, then I'm fucking turning this
1: movie off. <laughs> I, if, if this was a... It, it kind of reminded me of how <laughs> this is such a this is the funniest comparison. <laughs> but it kind of reminded me how um, Casino Royale didn't start with James Bond walking in the gun barrel, and it, like it wasn't until like after the intro scene that he did it. Where it's like, oh, you're subverting my expectations of what every other film before it has been. It's like yeah. you thought this was going to start with a dream sequence. No, this horrible, unrealistic situation is real this time. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's like. Um yeah, it's also like, also from Casino Royale, it's um, it's him ordering a martini and they ask if he says sh- wants it shaken or stirred and he says, do I look like I give a damn? And it's yeah, like, yeah. hey, you like tradition? <laughs> Fuck off.
1: Yeah, except it's bring it on where probably 14 people in the world realise this tradition is being broken. Yeah. <laughs> and we're and then wrong.
0: also um, every film ends with a... Like a song playing and the cast kind of like dancing and singing to it, usually over top of some bloopers as well. And this yeah. one's just like ends with this message to cheerleaders of the world, we salute you. Uh, over top of and it's up for too like, short like, of a time.
1: Huh, huh? <laughs> I didn't finish reading the sentence before it disappeared off the screen. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not rewinding. Yeah,
0: no, like it, <laughs> it ends with a tribute that you would expect, uh, like firefighters to get. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. it, it ends with like a we know you work hard and you've never yeah. had your moment in the spotlight but here it is we salute you but it's to you know people that do flips and shit <laughs> all
1: right i'm so, sorry i should know better um, than to
0: um you know refer to cheerleaders like that now that i know that they are real people <laughs> and they yeah, come from all walks of
1: three-dimensional. life um so what did you think of these films how would you rank them if you were to say best or worst or best to worst, let's go. Uh, let's go. Awesome. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, what would you rank them? In okay, well, order?
0: the first one is the best by a stupidly wide margin. Uh, sure. The first one is actually a pretty decent film, uh, mm-hmm. and especially for its time and for what it sets out to achieve. Yep. It's good. There's a few different ways you could rank these. I'm going to go on. Uh, if you forced me to rewatch one of them, which order I would do it in. Mm-hmm. So, I think maybe I would go the third one next, which is the Hayden Panettiere one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's go the second one bring it on again and then i'm gonna go worldwide hashtag cheer smack because really? even though it's real bad i think it's wow. kind of the most rewatchable It's quite rewatchable oh, in a way
1: i'm betrayed Be- <laughs> i feel cheer trade as they would say Ugh. probably in these movies this 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 series did um the whole pitch perfect uh, yeah. excuse me well before pitch perfect with its they either replace the first the prefixes of words with the word "chair," or in cheer Smack they do it with the word "fem," which is so tangentially related to like <laughs> it's, it's so stupid.
0: Um, and then I'm going to go fight to the finish, uh, yep. which is the fifth one, because I think it wasn't too bad, but I don't really remember it, so I should rewatch it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I'll go in it to win in it, in it to with win. the shit.
1: Right. I would go bring it on, bring it on again, fight to the finish, all or nothing, in it to win it and worldwide, hashtag cheersmack. So, um, Roger Ebert, the famed uh, film critic, uh, he referred to the first film as the Citizen Kane of cheerleader movies. Um, right. Which is interesting because I can't, for the life of me, think of another cheerleading movie beyond the other the sequels, bring it on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, um, there's a film called uh, But I'm a Cheerleader. No, oh. uh, which is a, Natasha Leon, uh stars as a lesbian who gets sent to like a um, straight conversion camp.
1: Wow, well, apparently this is a better film than that.
0: <laughs> I actually think it may have come out afterwards. So.
1: <laughs> I I liked I liked the first one. Um, I, I I started out not liking it too much. Like, about the middle of the movie, I was like, I don't know about this, but then it kind of won me over. But I, th- I do think one of the, like, unfortunate problems that plague this franchise is that the first film opens with the best scene in the entire franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It opens with the super fun chair where where, where they're, you know they're like um, ready okay and they do this choreographed dance and it's it's a dream sequence but it's this really cool chair and it's really funny um, and it's got some really cool cool rhymes and lines in it and then not, nothing else in the rest of the movies I felt were like delivered on the promise of that first opening scene yeah
0: because the the opening scene and then also the kind of like main chair from the first one are both I, I could. Even before rewatching them I could recite them from memory. Yeah. But none of the other ones have stuck in my head at all.
1: Yeah. I'm sexy. I'm oh. hot. I'm everything. You're not. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um but also I feel like the actual chairs, they don't they don't really happen in past like the third the last chair I remember was from the third film. I like I to me, as someone I'm not really into dance. And it became very, like, watching all the different, like, award-winning dances that happen at the end of all of these movies, I could not differentiate between the good ones and the yeah, bad Yeah, it, it is very...
0: But, um, there's a lot where I'm like, I don't know I don't know if that was the best one.
1: Yeah. But the the cheers, to me, were the fun part, and they, that's apparently not what cheerleading is, I guess. Apparently, apparently.
0: not. <laughs> the, the first one uh, kind of occupies a similar sort of space to uh, movies like Josie and the Pussycats, and yeah. riding in cars with boys. Yeah. Um, which, the, these yeah. movies, and there's, there's probably a couple more, but I can't remember them at the moment.
1: Movies specifically that your sister liked. Yeah,
0: movies that my sister really <laughs> liked growing up. And I have definitely seen all of uh, in the past, but maybe not at one time. And I, I have a certain nostalgia for. Like, they're all not yeah. too bad, well, not too bad to good. Like, I, I like and the Pussycats is one that I actually yeah. love that movie. I think it's great. And Riding in Cars with Boys, I haven't seen in well over a decade, so I can't really comment. But, yeah. um <laughs> yeah, Bring It On as one that it's like I, I do have a nostalgia for. And I think the movie is quite clever. And if you watch, because uh, Peyton Reed obviously directed Ant-Man, but he also did a film called uh, Down With Love. Which, have you seen that? No. This does um, Ewan McGregor and Renee Zellweger. And it's um, sort of a satire on... Like 60s romantic comedies and sort of that right. that kind of era's view of romance, and if you look at it as being similar to that film, like that uh, Down with Love does for romance, what Bring It On kind of does for race, because Bring It mm-hmm. Bring It On actually does have this quite nice yeah story about race it, 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 that's like the subtext of yeah. it, and the, the the two teams yeah um, that sort of battle it out. And, but there is the subtext underneath it that it is for the the clovers. it is this rags to riches story um mm. that where they the privileged white girls.
1: I'm glad you brought up that because I do think it created what um it created. What I thought was the weirdest moment in the film from a screenwriting perspective, um, so when Torrance finds out that the, the East Compton Clovers aren't able to afford to take their whole team to nationals, um, Torrance like gets her dad to sponsor the team, right? Her
0: dad's company, yeah,
1: yeah, her dad's company to sponsor the team. Um, which, as a character beat for Torrance, is real good. Like, it's like, yeah, they unintentionally stole um, the the Clovers' routines. This is a great way of like extending an mm. olive branch, and it's also and then like
0: the- she, she her saying. Uh, I don't want to win just because you're not there. I want to actually be yep. be up against the best team, and it's you guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then the Clovers like reject her offer, and as you said before, raise the money from a like an universe Oprah equivalent. Um, and I can imagine, for to me, that felt like that would have been a, like a head scratcher for the writers for this film because they want Torrance to you know develop as a character and they want to show it but they also wanted to avoid like in a, in a film that that has got such awesome things to say about um you know race and, and stuff like that they want to avoid like a white savior storyline um and have the like clovers be like their own you know they can do it themselves the problem is i think appealing to the talk show host is just real left of field and it's like the talk show host is not introduced earlier in the film she's not relevant for any other parts of it um and so it, it annoyed me, I guess, because race is such a strong undercurrent in the film, which is great, but I feel like if it wasn't Torrance securing the competition, her competitors' funds would be more like poetic, maybe.
0: I, I like the Clovers rejecting Torrance's offer. I think that's a really strong moment. Mm. Um, because it's like, even though they do end up uh, sort of not raising the funds themselves, I I, I guess, or you know, like having sponsorship. Yeah. The fact that it doesn't come from Torrance, I think, or the, that they reject that. Yeah, I quite like um, as a character moment for ISIS, <laughs> but I, I do agree with the the kind of it just comes out. It's a very Deus Ex yeah. marketer sort of comes out of nowhere to save the day. But it is a it's more in character for the Clovers to take that route yeah, rather than accepting sure. Torrance's handout.
1: Um, so now that we're talking about um, race, I thought <laughs> that the, the, one of the coolest things about the series is that all of them, except the last one, they actually do a surprisingly great job of talking about race and class issues, as well as other um, forms of discrimination, which I wouldn't have expected... Um, a movie about cheerleaders to, p- to tackle necessarily. And I think it's cool that no one in the first film really brings up the fact that the Clovers are like a lower socioeconomic area and that they're predominantly African-American. Like no one is like, you know, no one really talks about that, but it's implicit in the storyline that these are, this is the way the world is. And this is the, yeah. there, there's a, res- it's it's dealt with a lot of respect. Basically.
0: Yeah. And also it kind of turns, um, big red who, is the former captain who who leaves it kind of turns her into a victim because it's clear that she stole the routines from them, knowing there's nothing they could do about it because they're because of the the situation there and where they've never yeah, been yeah. able to go to nationals before.
1: Yeah. Um. So I thought as well that this these conversations that these films kind of have under you know in between the lines is interesting because um the first few films are simultaneously both like good faith messages about respecting those who are different races or sexualities than you as well as like really problematic in a lot of ways that like a lot of older um like these this era of comedy films and i mean earlier as well probably um there are plenty of like off-color jokes about sex. Uh, there's a weird amount of fat shaming um, that, oh my God, that most so of the bootylicious characters in the film endure. Like whenever they call these girls fat because they got big asses, which 2019 standards was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> like like every
0: single time there's a character who doesn't have a flat butt who, as two straight white 2019. <laughs> males the 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 ones where we where you'd be like that's a nice butt they're immediately told that's disgusting get rid of it you're not allowed on the team
1: and like if there was ever a way to like signify the time era that these films came out in, it's these like amazing booties being called fat (laughs) like unattractive (laughs) this is like this is the
0: time referred to when magazines um would say flat butts are the thing and sir mix a lot was tired of that
1: yeah yeah, he was. And so Mix-a-Lot and Bring-It-On, um, actually, no, Bring-It-On, where it was at odds with Sir Mix-a-Lot, I guess.
0: The famous Bring-It-On, um <laughs> Mix-a-Lot feud of the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess my point is it's interesting to see such a concoction of... Um, Good stuff and bad stuff in in one film, like so. The, in the the first film, has the, like this wonderful representation with the clovers storyline, and it even even has a few comments on homosexuality and toxic masculinity. A lot of a lot of the cheerleaders are, are men or, or boys, dudes, um, and some of them, are, some of, well, they're not men either. No, it's just like yeah, yeah, boys or dudes. If you weren't familiar with, um,
0: <laughs> yeah, just like covering all your bases me. so you don't offend anyone.
1: Men, boys, dudes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so some of them are gay and some of them are straight, and the ones you know n- neither of those are like depicted as being something that's necessarily laughable, not to any big extent. Like, and in- and some of the later movies, it's like, oh, you're a male cheerleader, lol. But in like the first few, it's very like, yeah, there are male cheerleaders in real life, which is something I didn't really consider, you know, before learning all about cheerleading culture. Mm, well, then you're not woke. No, exactly, and now I am, and specifically the area of cheerleading <laughs> culture. But so there's also kind of um, it could be a creepy scene. It could not be a creepy scene uh, where one of the male cheerleaders discusses how he sometimes finger bangs one of the cheerleaders, one of the female cheerleaders. I should specify (laughs) uh, while while lifting her during one of their routines, and then this is later shown happening in in the film. But you were talking to me before the show, and you reckon that that they're together.
0: Well, I don't know. It's it, it's not like um, it, it's not the kind of thing that she'd be put in the same conversation as, like, um, some, in American Pie when they broadcast, um, mm-hmm. Shannon, Elizabeth char- Shannon Elizabeth's character changing and and masturbating yeah. <laughs> to the whole world, or the you know the the oft talked about uh, very creepy um, scene in Revenge mm-hmm. of the Nerds. Um, yeah. it's, it's nowhere near anything like that. It, it's not out of the realm of possibility, the way that they talk about it in the film and bring it on, uh, that it's kind of a consensual sort of prearranged thing between these two characters yeah. because uh, it, it's, they seem very flirtatious a lot of times throughout the film. And he talks about how she never wears underwear. And then there's a scene later on where she very deliberately bends over in front of him too and, and, and yeah. looks at him invitingly. Um, To show it off, and then it And Then, when the scene does happen, her face lights up, you know, with it with joy. Um, and so it's it it does seem like it's a um, what's the word for like doing stuff in public?
1: Consensual, um, but it's like they (laughs) Uh, kind of voyeuristic, they're like, well, it's it's reverse
0: voyeuristic because voyeuristic is watching stuff, um, but it's yeah, they, they, they they kind of enjoy the thrill of doing this in front of people and yeah. and they're both in on it. And it's like a you know, yeah. I I don't think that's that that's not uh disproven by the film and the the events of the film, that's more how I read them. However, yeah. in by the time we get to worldwide hashtag Cheersmack, which is has, you know, <laughs> It, it, even in Bring It On in 2000, if, if you do read it the way you read it, there is the kind of – it was 2000, you know. It, not not that yeah. it's okay, but movies, that happened a lot more in movies back then. Whereas in Worldwide yeah. Hashtag Cheers, Mac, they just like – they take the scene, again, the idea of, um, you know, inserting your fingers <laughs> where the, um, during a lift um, and – because they talk about a guy being creepy because he always does that, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, you're not you're you're not praising the character <laughs> that's doing yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and then one of them's like, yeah, but don't act like lesbian Lisa's never slipped a ditch before. And it's like, as fun as the term slipped a ditch is, um, <laughs> the fact that because th- it's lesbian Lisa and there's someone else that's like a disparaging kind of way to talk about yeah, yeah. some a, a homosexual girl um and then one of them is like yeah that's how i lost my virginity and it's just this casual conversation they have and it's very like what am i watching how did this film come out
1: yeah that's part of the problem i had with um #cheersmack was that it it kind of betrays the heart and soul of the previous bring it on films which all were very intentional it's it's like whoever made worldwide Chess Mac didn't get that the last five films were all about um you know discrimination and that kind of thing they saw
0: the first one with no sound on and they saw yeah, the yeah. scene where he's got her hand in her crotch and then she lights up and they're like oh, okay i can tell what's happening there i'll chuck that in my one
1: yeah yeah yeah. it's like they they thought it was a movie just about cheerleaders and not a movie about um, learning to love your your sisters you know <laughs> um so the that this kind of sex pesty stuff um it's carried over into a lesser degree into the next two films um after the first one and all or nothing um it is a, probably a bit too much uh non-consensual butt pinching for my liking <laughs> uh, that being any non-consensual butt pinching is too much for my liking um and there's also (laughs) i like a little uh, bit but uh, not too much (laughs) there's also a plethora of racial stereotypes which um have varying degrees of landing and not landing um but the second film, I thought, had a really interesting scene where one of the male cheerle- cheerleaders um, reveals to a football player who he's talking to at like a party. He reveals that he's gay because he's like, "Oh, check out the blonde one," and then it reveals that he's talking about a blonde guy, and the football player laments that now he has to like kick his ass. He's like, "Oh, now I gotta." kick your ass (laughs) and again while this is like very sad and depressingly accurate towards the attitudes of homosexuality and masculinity um in the early 2000s and i guess leading up to the early 2000s as well um the jock in the scene like the guy the, the football player he's clearly painted as like rightfully as the you know the idiot the 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 mm. the unreasonable one um for suddenly switching on someone just because he he was getting along with just because he found out he was gay and in a way the like a wokish film such as bring it on again from this era they are almost able to discuss these kinds of issues in a way in a like in a way that's a lot more frank and honest than maybe films today would and i'm not saying that's a good thing i'm saying it's fascinating to watch a film with its heart in the right place navigate navigate these topics in a time before cultural hearts and minds had shifted as much as they have now.
0: Yeah, what a what a wild discussion to be having on <laughs> what we refer to as an entry level episode of the podcast.
1: <laughs> this is what the podcast. This is what we talk about. This is what this we is always good. talk about. <laughs> um, speaking of the second film, though, it's perhaps n- notable hmm, that uh, Bring It On Again is the only Bring It On film to be set post high school. It's the yeah. only one where they go to college, um, and this brings up a similar query we had to we, uh, to one we had when we were watching Revenge of the Nerds, which is, are university or college like cliques really as cutthroat as high school cliques? I feel like they just wouldn't be, like, yeah. But I also can't imagine why I, the idea of a sports team at a, at a tertiary it's like institution is weird to me anyway i guess
0: yeah well it's a it's a huge thing obviously there's like college football in the state which yeah, yeah. is like a massive massive thing but um yeah. yeah i guess because of scholarships as well that it's like some people are only here because they're good at this one thing
1: yeah yeah all right
0: but i mean that is again me not knowing an awful lot about this because mm. uh i didn't even go to the new zealand equivalent of what this is so do you
1: know I, I was thinking about this the, the other day as good podcast fodder um, do you know and you're gonna laugh and you're gonna believe this in year eight I went to the like athletics day zones I I was what like for? one of the the top sprinters. In, in my school, I didn't. I didn't want to be. I just happened to be faster than everyone else, and I went to the zones where I came last in every single <laughs> I, event that I took part in.
0: Because I'm one of the. Because of where my birthday falls, I'm one of the youngest in my year. So, um, it's like the cutoff is if your birthday's before like the end of March, you're in this year. And mine's like start of February, so it's there. Yeah. There was only like two or three people younger than me in my year, kind of thing. Um. But I once qualified for zones for athletics, which for, for if you don't know is like um, you have like athletics day at school and then they have like re- regionals, I guess, um, where, you know, the, the top of everything, of each kind of sport or each athletics kind of thing um, versus each other. I presume. I never got to go, but I did once qualify for, I think, discus, uh, but I was too young to go <laughs> because uh, like yeah. like it was, you know, year five or whatever like is is the year that you should be able to go but i wasn't yet 10 you know yeah so was fucking bullshit i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role
1: like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash spoken today. <laughs> Bring it on all or nothing, the third film in the series. Um, as iconic as I think this one has become, it's almost the second most famous one i feel yeah, because, of because of Pan-Tier hayden and rihanna Pantera, yeah and rihanna um i don't know how much i like this like there's a lot of talking about like the problems and issues with the series there's a lot of um white characters talking like non-white characters that's played off as a joke um it's very cringy you see hayden pantheer crumping and being tough is not something i ever want oh, to see again oh my god
0: the The cringiest scene in the entire fucking film, though, is the introduce yourself scene.
1: Hey, Richard! Yeah? Introduce yourself! Hell no. Introduce yourself! Okay. That's how it goes. I'm Richard and
0: I'm crumping. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. And and so it's like the African-American team versus the white team. Um, And so it's like, you know, obviously crumping and that kind of... But then... When Hayden Panettiere does it and it's like, you're just this skinny little white girl. <laughs> and it's, it looks so strange. And it's like supposed to be this super threatening moment. And it's so strange. And it's like, they do it. They have like three, they do it like three times or whatever. And then they sit down the other team, you know, goes home with their tail between their legs. And I messaged you and I was like, imagine thinking you'd owned someone by doing that. <laughs> imagine being like, guy walking home from that being like, yeah, that felt really good. Like, I don't think they're going to come back here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Bring it on, All or Nothing, I feel, was also the pop pop cultural zenith of bad screenwriters thinking that teenage girls talked in instant messenger acronyms way more than they actually did. (laughs) So this is full full of like, LOL. Um, One of them was like, I don't think, IDTS, you know, and they, they talk like that. And it's like, this is a surefire way for your film. To not feel real, yeah, <laughs> like there, a bold decision.
0: There was a girl at my high school who I once told her she spoke like a forty-year-old man trying to um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to catfish someone or like trying to um, pose as a
1: yeah
0: as a young as a teenage girl. Yeah,
1: that's exactly what it's like.
0: It's it's um, so weird. It, it, it's weird hearing that come out of a teenage girl.
1: <laughs> this was two thousand six. Yeah. But, you know, let's move on to talking about In It to Win It. Bring it on, In It to Win It, the fourth film uh, in the series. Uh, and up until Cheersmack was by far my least favorite film we'd watched <laughs> so far. Um, oh, this was such a tiring wreck of a film. Um, I don't have too much to say about it. One of the things I wanted to bring up was that it has one of the like most unreasonable uh, mean-spirited things that a, I've ever seen a protagonist in a film do, or at least in a, a, a you know a puff piece film like this, where you're not supposed to yeah. have too much trouble thinking that the the main character's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so as we said before, it's set at a camp, and when in one scene, uh, the love interest, whose name is Pin, um, he's he's a male cheerleader from the, the opposing team from Carson, Whoa. who is the protagonist. Oh. <laughs> Um, he reveals to her that he actually has real rich parents, and he lied about going to cheer camp, and instead, like, opted to get a, a scholarship or something like that uh, to avoid outing himself as a cheerleader to his dad. Right? So this is this is legitimately like I would probably not tell people about this. You know, hmm. like you you are from privilege, and you you use scholarship money to get yourself into a camp because you're too scared to tell your parents it's good stuff it's not not a bad storyline at good all. good stuff good um, stuff <laughs> and then so as we said before as well the, the main kind of driving force of this film is that the chair stick which is like a cheerleader's MacGuffin, spirit stick so it's spirit stick sorry it's uh, yeah it's like if you drop it you get bad luck if you lose it you get bad luck um it goes missing when it's in carson's like possession i guess and so everyone's in heaps of trouble and when when they first find out that it's missing um in front of both pen's team and her team she just tells everyone that he because she thinks he stole the spirit stick (laughs) so she's like well why didn't you tell them what really how you really got here and i was like Holy shit! That's so hardcore that <laughs> she would just turn on this guy she was like about to kiss, and then tell everyone that that he had he had cheated his way in, and like, yeah. oh my um, gosh, it was breathtaking.
0: <laughs> for me, uh, like the bar of this that kind of thing happening in a movie has been set. Like, and specifically this type of movie as well, like exactly what you're talking about, has been set yep. so high that, that something like that doesn't even phase me anymore. And if you allow me wow. to go on a little tangent, I'll tell you what it is. Um, Please do. So, in the 2017 Power Rangers movie, um, Naomi Scott, who is the pink Power Ranger who is now playing Jasmine in uh, the new uh, live action Aladdin remake, um, her plot in this film, so we meet her um, because. Her, friend, her two best friends tell her, actually, we don't want to be friends with you anymore. And we, we're we heartbroken for this character we've just met. Um, and then they explain why they don't want to be friends with her anymore. It's because um, Naomi Scott um, spread nude pictures of one of them around the school <laughs> as like some kind of prank or whatever. And um, she she speaks later, about it later on in the film where she says... Um, I remember sitting in a meeting with her dad and he had to look at the photos and I remember thinking that was so horrible. And so, fair enough, they don't want to be fucking be friends with you anymore. And then, <laughs> so the the first scene we meet this character, she cuts off her, I guess, signature long hair. And then she's revealed coming down the stairs with short hair. And everyone's like, damn, you've changed. And you're like, oh, it's that girl I've known for 20 seconds. And then (laughs) later on in the movie, when she's a full-on Power Ranger, she like drops a car on top of- um, the car of those two girls and it's like huh, that'll show you bitches and it's like you are 100% in the wrong since <laughs> your introduction I have not felt an ounce of sympathy for you and like yeah. so this poor girl has had n- private n- nude photos that she shared with her boyfriend shown around her entire fa- in the entire school in front of her family disgraced her name and now her car's been crushed and this is supposed to be some kind of victory for the pink power ranger it's actually it. disgusting it's one of it's the and it's like and even <laughs> seeing trailers for aladdin i'm like i i don't like you jasmine <laughs> and it's it's one of the most bafflingly stupid decisions i've ever seen in a plot and it's exactly the type of thing you're talking about yeah. and it's like uh ruined it ruined film for me not the film it ruined film
1: that's how good bring it on all in, uh, in it to win it is, is that we spent most of our time talking about it talking about a different movie <laughs> so to just to just race on through like a madman set on fire to the fifth film in the series um, or, or to race
0: on through like Alexander Jones it's at the athletics zones
1: <laughs> yeah very true so slowly and as I do it realise it was a bad idea to even be here <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so uh, Bring It On, Fight To The Finish. Now, maybe it's just because uh, I'm still recovering from watching the MCU, but is Fight To The Finish the Black Panther of the Bring It On series?
0: uh yeah i mean it was the only one nominated for best picture
1: (laughs) (laughs) so uh it's the only film in the series to have people of color as the central characters like the main character is um latina and christina milan yep their race also plays like an important part in or their place as minorities in society plays an important part because some of them are like um you know, uh, prejudiced against specifically because of their race by the bad guys, the the evil cheerleaders, um, <laughs> and you know, at one point they get um, they get like. One of the most weirdest things about this movie is that so it's a girl. She goes to a new school, becomes a cheerleader, and the way she like makes her cheer team better is that she gets her friends from her old school to transfer to to her new school, which is a a weird thing yeah, to like do. In Black and a weird Panther. thing to yeah. <laughs> but but they get my point is is that they get um they get essentially deported from the school. And like I'm not being insensitive that's that's the terminology used in the film yeah, yeah. to draw like parallels to that thing so i think maybe that's why i liked it and i think this would have been i think fight to the finish should have been a good model going forward to focus on if bring it on is like what you think of when you think of a cheerleader and it'd be cool if the sequels were about what you don't think of when you think of a cheerleader necessarily yeah like people are yeah, races or other sexes or other other sexualities you know
0: yeah there should have been one of these with a male cheerleader lead
1: you you say that, and then you go, Oh, but it's the, it's Bring It On. It's kind of like a, a girl power series, and I don't want It's like, now there's a boy, as yeah, the main Yeah, Although, character. the
0: only um, person to deliver the title line in their first film is actually a man. What does he say? He says, Bring It On, butt plug.
1: <laughs> they, she's, uh, Padden Panatea says it in, um, and all or nothing most of the time when they say the title they only get as far as bring it yeah they, they yeah. say bring it a lot more than bring yeah, it the on the cheerleaders
0: say case. bring it to each other a lot in the first film but then uh yeah one of the football players says bring it on butt plug and i love that that's the only like title drop in the first yeah. film yeah <laughs> <laughs> So um, the title was actually originally <laughs>
1: <laughs> "The tri- Bring Bringing On Butler." Uh, this was changed after. I do
0: just want to say that I did like "Fight to the Finish," and please don't confuse me not remembering what it was about as me being in any way racist. Um, it's just it's more
1: that this is the fifth entry, and that <laughs> yeah. should have been the second entry. Yeah, yeah. If it was the second entry, we wouldn't have been so over it by the point we get to the first interesting one <laughs> <Well, yeah, yeah. laughs> in, the- in the whole series. Yeah. Um, so, all right. worldwide hashtag smack, the sixth and final film so far in the bring it on mm. cinematic universe um this is this is the worst one i felt which is depressing considering how bad in it to win it was <laughs> uh, like if you told me before i watched worldwide cheers that it's sorry worldwide hashtag smack, that uh this is worse than in It to win It, i'd be like i'm watching this tomorrow then i was so tired when i watched this film yeah um it, so this film being, you know, the first one in nine years, 2017, uh, it brings bring it on into the modern era with social media playing a big role uh. and I, in my episode plan here. I've written social media where I've made every second letter lowercase. Nice. You know, lowercase, uppercase. It's like social media, like the, the SpongeBob meme. Um, and, yeah, I mean, despite being the newest one, I feel like it has the least to say regarding race or sexuality, which was present in all the previous films, <laughs> yeah. as we mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, what kind of a background... This is my biggest question about this film. I forgot I didn't put a sentence break and it's a different talking point here. <laughs> Forgive me. We're we're getting we're getting to the end. Um, what kind of background does a person have to be to be both a good enough cheerleader to impress like people on a global scale, as well as being proficient enough of a hacker that you can literally play videos on other people's phones, <laughs> like, you know, without them oh, opening God, it up. Yeah, that
0: whole like trope. It's
1: so contrived and it's like it's such a rudimentary understanding of internet terrorism and yeah. you know like it's it's like a it's it fe- this felt like a um like a school play or like a drama performance. yeah it, it's
0: it's <laughs> such a because yeah you watched this when you were tired at night i watched this um on my first sick day this millennium <laughs> um i haven't taken, a sick, have I haven't taken a sick day in 19 years and i wow. took a sick day on friday um and Fuck, what a way to spend it. Um, I was like lying on the couch when I'm just like, oh, I can't be fucked doing anything. And it's like, this is all that, this is the only stimuli I have. And it's like, oh my God. Um, yeah. I'd rather be at work infecting everyone else with my cold. But- um yeah this uh this was a very difficult film to get through but also like um it made it feel like a fever dream where i was like
1: what <laughs> the, the kind. yeah what Fiddle. the hell
0: because i actually had a fever and i was yeah, like yeah. what the hell is going on because the the opening scene is so obviously just the typical dream sequence that every film starts with and then it's not and i was like yeah. what is happening and i was like the whole film has to be revealed to be a dream That's the only way they can say this. And then there's a dream sequence halfway through. And it's
1: like- And it's so bad. And she like she does a chair. Destiny, the main character, does a chair in her backyard with a chair squad. And then she falls over. And that's the embarrassing thing. (laughs) She falls over, which I'm sure happens in cheerleading rehearsals all the time. In front of her friends, onto grass, in front of no audience. And that's the like devastating moment. And that's the wake up sweating. Yeah. So the plot for this film really unravels uh, when you think about it too much, surprisingly. Um, (laughs) So it's clear that the idea of the truth um, secretly being Destiny's entire team betraying her was something that was thought of after they'd already settled on the hacker storyline. Like they developed that there's the secret or the secret Illuminati of cheerleaders and then they're like, oh, here's an ending. What if it, it was her team the whole time? Because... It's such an inefficient way to teach Destiny the lesson they're trying to do. T- so they're trying to teach yeah. her that she's too <laughs> controlling and that she needs to loosen up and let other people um, contribute to th- their ideas for the cheers. And it's like this was the way you did that. And then by <laughs> by the end, they're like the ringleader of the villains um, is has become as controlling as Destiny. And it's and one of them's like, you know, you're as bad as Destiny was, and she doesn't care. Which I didn't buy because. She, y- she started you started the truth. Care. You well, you started the truth.
0: Why would <laughs> You formed an on internet the unmist- terrorism group to to fight the very thing that you have become.
1: <laughs> and that sounds real poetic. And boy, does the movie try to get there, but <laughs> it feels more like weak character writing than than anything else. Um, so. Yeah. we we have learned for new listeners, one thing you may not know about um bad sequels, straight to straight to DVD sequels like this, um, is I think if before you would think about it, you would say, Oh, good movies are complex, bad movies can often be too simple. But we have discovered oh my God, a lot the of the time on this podcast, is the opposite. That that sequels like this that come out seventeen years after um, well, 18 years after the, the the original straight-to-DVD, they're often very complicated, yeah, and the, the, that's why they're The bad. problem
0: with them is that they're too contrived.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, it, it always, it's always like, oh, what's Illegally Blonde about? Oh, cool, here's a very simple plot. Yeah. And then what's Legally Blonde's the straight-to-DVD sequel about? And it's like, strap oh. in, because this is a... I don't even and understand the,
1: this. <laughs> the climaxes take ages to get through as well, because it's so... It's so, like, they've got to... They they set up a bunch of Chekhov's guns that then have to fire off and off and off, and it's because you really only want to set up one to two Chekhov's guns that you can fire off, but they they have to contrive the story in such a way that they've got all the stuff they need to yeah, check it's off before It's the such filming. a
0: strange check phenomenon. <laughs> no, it's very nice.
1: <laughs> That's funny. That's a Chekhov's gun. Yeah, because... you're
0: checking off you the check gun. You're off at the end of the movie. Oh.
1: Ah. So, looking at the, um, the series, the Bring It On franchise as a whole... Um, I find it really interesting because I didn't really enjoy most of the films in the series. I, like, kind of enjoyed the first one, but... You know, not not to you know. It's not one of my favorite movies or anything, but yeah. as a whole, I really enjoyed folding these films into our repertoire, into our mythology. <laughs> right, right? Yeah. Because
0: you love that you're now an expert on Bring It On.
1: I'm now an expert on Bring It On, and it feels kind of like a melting pot for a lot of other franchises we've covered. In a way, this was the best episode to open our um, little Empire um, phase of the show, which will hopefully go forever. Phase two. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with it, like Bring It On works. As, as an entry-level episode, because it is kind of a quintessential franchise. Um, and I looked at some of the other franchises we've covered and um, sort of drew parallels. So... I thought it's interesting that Bring It On has got the teen movie vibes of American Pie. Um, it's got the choreography of High School Musical and Camp Rock. It's got the sporting angle of Earbud. It's got the girl power angle of Legally Blonde and the Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants. Um, the systematic sequel tropes of Beethoven. You know, there's a camp one and a fish out of water one. And, a, you know, and Beethoven had the the road trip one and the prince and the pauper one. Um and as I said at the start, it's got the idiosyncratic formula of final destination with the the dreams um, <laughs> happening at the start, which is I know a stretch. Um, and lastly, it's also got the male writers and directors trying to portray realistic female character aspect. That's in almost every franchise we've covered. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, are any of these treated <laughs> so, yeah. by
1: women? Nah, some of them were written by women, like partially. I don't think a woman. Like, I I should probably check, but I think it's me. Most of it is men writing. Female characters in a way that very much shows. In the sequels, there is a lot of women fighting over the same guy. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it would just be nice if this film about how cheerleaders are actually three dimensional didn't give them such one dimensional um, motivations. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, Richard. Yes. Um, and also our new listeners, I guess. Um, one thing we talk about a lot on this podcast is the titles if you've never listened before I'm obsessed with titling schemes in franchises and so we make a point whenever we cover a new franchise which is every two weeks if you miss that um, to talk about the titles if they're particularly interesting and in terms of titles the bring it on films kind of feel like they can be compartmentalised into three different sections I'd say bring it on and bring it on again are like yep yeah, that that's a scheme you know that's your, yeah. your duo it's the title and then continuing the sentence that the title was a part of maybe once yeah. Um then all or nothing in it to win it and fight to the finish are all like common phrases within sporting i guess yeah um and they're all pretty interchangeable you could they all mean the same thing basically <laughs> yeah yeah um and you could yeah you could it's kind of confusing if you don't like if there were more than three i would have such trouble like remembering which one's mm, which i already have trouble uh, remembering yeah exactly <laughs> and then uh worldwide hashtag chess mag is obviously one of the worst of the titles, the worst we've, titles ever come across. we've ever covered on this podcast um According to the blooper reel, this is something you pointed out to me. According to the blooper reel for "Bring It On: All or Nothing," uh, when they put the clapperboard in front of the screen, the original title for the film was "Bring It On Yet Again," as the, so this is the third film. "Bring yeah. It On Yet Again," which is a terrible. Oh <laughs> title. no, I
0: love that. I fucking you love do? that, man. Yeah, I
1: think I think using "again" once is fine in the first film, but when have you ever heard "yet" like "yet again" used in a context that wasn't someone being like? Yet again, <laughs> like it sounds like the filmmakers are sick of it.
0: Uh, it's weird that you've now switched to saying again because yet again, again sounds really yet strange. Again. Yet again, for me, anyway, for my yet ears, again. for my refined palate of my ears. Um, but mm. yeah, I, I would love if these films got just silly with that because there's a, um, I used to have this like Simpsons compendium, which was like um, so the first one was called like the Simpsons: A Complete Guide to Your Favorite Family kind of thing, and there was. Uh, there was like seasons one to 10 or whatever. And then they had to keep releasing them as they made more episodes. Um, And it was like the Simpsons and then the Simpsons forever. Then the Simpsons beyond forever. And then the Simpsons one step beyond forever. And it's like, I love the idea of like making all these like things that sound like final and then having to keep adding to them. So it's like, I would love if it was like, bring it on, bring it on again, bring it on yet again, bring it on a fourth time, bring it on one last time, bring it on another last time like
1: and there's i guess there's also maybe you could you could argue there's a problem in the fact that these are all new stories with new characters yeah that, they're
0: not actually bringing it on again it's
1: yeah i'm sure that's why they changed it. one of the main reasons they changed it from yet again is that it's not it's not yet again for these characters yeah you know? yeah uh, uh yeah
0: but yeah i i i would love to see the alternate universe where they had to stretch six titles out of just going one step further that's so funny Br- to me.
1: Would you have, like, bring it on forever or bring it on ultimatum? <laughs> <laughs>
0: bring it on um, Genesis. Bring it on back now, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 I-, I like the idea of leaning into the camp element of of having to do that.
1: The camp element from In, in It to Win yeah, It? Or yeah, the yeah, camp- yeah. The camp, yeah. yeah. So another section that we do on... Um, the show when when the situation calls for it is a little section called dumb imdb trivia Ooh, very uh, where nice. we scour the imdb trivia boards um, of these films to find what a uh, user submitted garbage we could find because <laughs> like wikipedia imdb is user submitted you can submit a piece of trivia yourself if you wanted to um and it's less policed than wikipedia um so you get some pretty stupid like shit takes or like a dash of opinion chucked in there or a bit too much personality or what should be like an objective, you know, objective wording of a, of a fact about this film or something like that. Um, so I found one piece of dumb IMDb trivia and it's from bring it on all or nothing. And it says, Though not a stranger in front of the camera, this movie marks the feature film debut for Rihanna, but it would take another six years before she would really surprise audiences by appearing almost unrecognisable as, as a sailor following all the rules in her next film, Battleship.
0: Following all the rules?
1: Yeah, it like describes her character in a way like if you were reading the character bio written by the film's marketers it's not yeah. like she uh, she follows like a, a rebellious sailor uh, not well, i guess opposite of rebellious but you know a, a by the book sailor it's what, like a sailor who follows all the rules yeah i've never heard
0: it i've never heard follows all, like i've heard and she's breaking all the rules like yeah, yeah. i've heard that but i've never heard and she follows all the rules i, I
1: would hope a, a sailor summer, on a battleship R- follows yeah, rihanna all the rules. is
0: a sailor <laughs> in the movie battleship <laughs> and she hasn't acted in eight years. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's the only piece of dumb IMDb trivia It was, it was suitably dumb. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, g- I'm glad that you found it suitably dumb because that's all it that is. Because you are suitably on. dumb. <laughs> um, so another section that we do, a segment that we do on the show, is we tweet someone, Richard. It's called Ask no. Everyone 2019. And it would be very uh, – it, it used to be a hashtag Ask Everyone 2019, but that would now feel quite hypocritical uh, <laughs> after just – like you know making fun of cheer smack for an hour and a half um so i thought it would be interesting to um tweet uh billy woodruff who's the director of uh bring it on again sorry this, the point of this segment is to see if we can score an interview with someone who worked on the film and that can be its own episode in the future usually we try to find someone who's been involved with more than one um project but i thought could, because billy woodruff has had he directed um, Bring It On, Fight to the Finish, and all four Honey movies. I figured he would know maybe quite a lot about the the, the art of sequeling, you know, and, <laughs> right, and okay. maybe he could, and maybe we could watch Honey le- and a special episode leading up to it. <laughs> um, so this is what I've, I'm tweeting him. I'm saying, hey, at Billy, Billy Woodruff, we're a New Zealand podcast which focuses on the art of film franchises. Would you be keen to join us for an interview via Skype discussing your work on Bring It On, Fight to the Finish, and the Honey movies? Nice, and I'm tweeting that now, <laughs> and he's quite active on Twitter, so he might actually see it. Wow. He also directs he directs a lot of um, music videos, so oh, oh maybe very talk nice. To him about that as well, Richard. It's time for our final segment uh, before is, the
0: final segment, yeah. <laughs> our penultimate segment,
1: yeah. Um, this segment is called continue the franchise, and this is where we're going to pitch our own sequels to the Bring It On franchise, or any kind of follow up in any way. Like it could be a video game, it could be a book, it could be a you know, a lollipop, whatever, just some way to mm. cash in. You know, make more money off the series. um Before we get to it, though, there have been a few or a couple of things of note in terms of the legacy of Bring It On going forward. Uh, there is Bring It On the musical, which is a Broadway musical, uh, which Lin Manuel Miranda wrote some of the music, some of the songs for. Yeah, it was a second
0: ap- musical after In the Heights, I believe. Oh, there
1: you go. Ap- Apparently it's pretty good. Um, it doesn't follow. Well, it, it's, it's like Lin Manuel well, Miranda, AJ. <laughs> it's loosely based on the first film, but not really too much based um, on it. And I, it's probably better than the films. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if it'd be my favourite if I could get to see it. Yeah, like and, same,
0: same with like how hairspray. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Like they should do a, a, a. Sorry if this is your continue the franchise, but they should do a movie adaptation of the musical.
1: No, that not it. Um, and last year, another another piece of potential news for the future of Bring It On. Um, a tweet started circulating um, calling for a Bring It On film to act as a soft reboot with Gabrielle Union, who plays Isis, the captain of the Clovers, in the first film to reprise her role as the new coach. Um, Gabrielle Union retweeted it and was like, yeah, let's do this. And someone wrote a blog about it. Hooray.
0: Okay, that would be cool. Um, yeah, it would be cool to go back to... Bring f- it on
1: back to the beginning?
0: Yes. Bring it on back yeah. to you. <laughs> to is that
1: your continue the franchise?
0: Um, yeah, no, yeah. Because like, to go back, I feel like The Clovers is an untapped sort of mm. sequel. Um, yeah, it's they-
1: only it's the only time like the second most important team in a Bring It On movie wasn't the villains.
0: Yeah, well, they kind of are, but then you learn to love them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you learn to love them earlier in the film than you almost... Well, sometimes you never learn to love the bad guys in the other... The other films and Ooh. Bring It On one's also the only film where the main characters don't win the competition at the end. Yeah, and don't deserve to win. Yeah, yeah. So is that is that your one?
0: Uh, no, that's not my one. Um Let my me one, tell me it. Although it's not much longer than that, so I don't. I, I'm not too proficient in the rules of cheerleading. However, I'm pretty sure there isn't a rule that says dogs can't be cheerleaders. Oh my god! So. Uh, a, a, a franchise that we famously covered on this podcast uh, is the Earbud franchise, which um, has it's consists of, well, it's, it's, it's a very big franchise, but the original franchise of it um, has five films, each with uh, the dog buddy playing a different sport. And I'd mm-hmm. like to see him have a go at cheerleading. And you could oh. either call it Cheerbud <laughs> uh, or like Earbud, give me a woof. I love it. Um, Very cool. And so, yeah, it's about a dog who does cheerleading. And you know what? It, it bugs me that none of these films have been directed by a woman. So, Cheer Bud is going to be directed by a dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a classic bait and switch.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's comedy. Um, yeah, so. nice. Yeah, because I think a dog would be a good cheerleader. Imagine if, like, before a sports game- They already are. Everyone just came, like, dogs just came out and they were like, just look at these dogs for five minutes to get excited about your team. Mm.
1: Yeah. But inexplicably, they decide to not have the dog be the top of the pyramid and so the dog's having to hold up one of the humans. <laughs> <laughs> it can't bend its arms that way. <laughs> um. Cool. Well, I had um, a couple of ideas for continuing the franchise. I had had one Mm. that I was like, oh, I'll do this. And then I came up with something way better. So my first idea was called Bring It On Endgame, uh, which was the uh, most ambitious crossover in film history where all the teams, you know, the, the Toros, the Rebels, the Jets, they all you the know, flamingos. Yeah, yeah. They all end up at the same nationals together. And I was like, you know, Kirsten Dunst can come back for a cameo. Uh, but no, I'm I'm not going to do that, Richard. Well,
0: that's a pretty high bar. I'd love
1: to see what you came up with. It's better than that. <laughs> My continued franchise is called Bring It On, You Beauty. Um, it is a New Zealand-based uh, Bring It On film, um, which focuses on New Zealand cheerleaders. And Richard, you might be like, well... See, I'm a little confused at this because cheerleading culture is not very prominent in New Zealand. Our sports teams don't have, you know, our high school sports teams don't have cheerleaders. The only um, cheerleaders we really have are for, like, our professional, like, rugby players. Yeah, we've got, like,
0: dance dance squads
1: more. Yeah. And, Richard, I fucking went to high school with one, and I messaged her and asked her about the Bring It On movies. And so I'm using her information uh, to oh craft gosh. this sequel. So thank you. Shout out to Ruby, um, who I went to high school with. She's the spitting image of Hayden. Penetier, and um, I hadn't spoken the spit to her. And
0: image, I think you're fine. And
1: I apologise. Um, I haven't spoken to her since high school ended, and I messaged her out of the blue and said, "Hey, congratulations on getting married recently. Um, <laughs> have you seen Bring It On? Um, so she's seen all six films." Um, <laughs> What the fuck? So, yeah, she's seen all six of them. She said her favorite is the first one. Um, She says whether that's because it's the original or the fact that after the first one, some of the storylines seem to be grasping for ideas. Also, it is iconic as an early 2000s film, which is probably Mm. some of the appeal. Um, And she said the second one was rubbish and I was surprised they kept going. But the third one was slightly better. Um, so I asked her, what exactly is it that your cheerleading career involves and how is it different or similar to what is depicted on Bring It On? So this is kind of the basis for for Bring It On. Um, you beauty," uh, she said. "Being in New Zealand, the difference in that is is that I was contracted to to, to what I was contracted to do was extremely different to these movies for halftime performances. Our routines consisted of dance, and and each performer was dance trained as a po- as opposed to a cheerleader. It is growing in popularity in New Zealand, however, but uh, competitive American style cheerleading only started around 2003, and unlike America, uh, there are less males interested in the sport. So here, here you see more females at the base of formations. Sounds like New Zealand (laughs) male culture. Maybe that can be what our films about is like. Maybe there is a a male cheerleader. Maybe it can played by Julian Dennison, and maybe it can tackle some of the problems that New Zealand has with its um, toxic masculinity.
0: Yeah, this is the this is the film (laughs) that finally fixes um, all of our yeah. Uh, masculinity problems,
1: uh, and I said, "How accurate are the depictions of cheerleading life in the films?" And she said, "There are some instances which are uh, similar. For example, it became it becomes a huge focus of your life. You train for it outside of training hours. You spend a lot of time in rehearsals. And you put huge amounts of pressure on yourself to learn and not forget the routines. So there, we, like the characters are, we they will be immersed completely. And you know, it's not like something that's it is their whole life. So we're allowed to yeah, yeah. present that as being relevant to the characters. And I said, "Do you have any experiences with?" rivalries or superstitions or stuff like the spirit stick or anything like that she said i've been in the professional industry for nine years and there has only been one person in my time who has tried to cause trouble or a divide in the team she did <laughs> she did not make it back into the team as friendship was a huge part of what we we're doing because we all had to work together and we all performed the friendship's a big part of it so there's a theme for the film there's you know the heart of the film um in regards to the spirit stick a friend of mine actually made one of those as a joke for our breakup party but there's no superstition that we had although i cannot speak for the american style of cheerleading teams
0: i had a friend who was on the blues dance squad which is the auckland team yeah uh and i don't know if she's still doing it (laughs) you should send her
1: a message congratulate her for being married now and um send her a message (laughs) and ask her how she's going um Yes, yeah, so there's my movie. Bring it on, uh, you beauty, you you beauty, and it's about a a cheer team for a um, like Super Twelve New Zealand rugby team, and um, friendships a big part of it. And there's but there's one trouble problem child who comes into the the fray and tries to cause a divide. And there you go.
0: <laughs> and then everyone's just like, "Oh, you're not our friend." Yeah, like. yeah.
1: <laughs> and you might say that's not a very good idea for a movie, but neither are most of the Bring It On sequels. So there you go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you beauty. What a good... Continue the franchise, AJ. Thanks, man. Um, all right. Is it time to move on to our final segment? It
1: is. So this, as we said at the start, is a segment called Franchise Roulette. Um, thank you for for staying with us uh, so far. And, and if this is your first episode, I hope you enjoyed it. So what Franchise Roulette is, is as we said we got a google doc that has have you got it in front of you how many numbers Uh,
0: it has 190 uh, film franchises
1: yeah and we just listed them at random like just when we thought of them and we also have a random number generator that is going to give us a random number and whatever number it gives us is going to correspond to a franchise on that list and we will be covering that in the next franchise so richard what is our number it
0: is (laughs)
1: six six well before you scroll for miles looking for what uh franchise number six is which i think is the lowest franchise number we've ever had um i would just like to remind everybody that we have a facebook page and a youtube channel and a uh we're on itunes we're on Acast now for little empire and we have an instagram uh, all of which, at Cop Popsha, find us in all these places, give us a like or a subscribe or a follow, we're on Twitter as well, um, or you can email us and tell us your thoughts at media at gmail.com. We do uh, fan mail episodes every couple months now, so you, your feedback yeah. will probably be um, said aloud on this podcast if you leave it. Richard, <laughs> what is Franchise 6?
0: So... A very uh, fittingly, it's a um, it's a similar franchise to the one we've just covered. <laughs> um, it is a four, soon to be five film franchise, actually, mm. uh, which started in the early two thousands, um, and it is. A Cinderella Story. <laughs> oh
1: God. We, so, we always the, get such similar ones right next to each other. It's like, God yeah. damn it. I wanna-
0: so, the, uh, A Cinderella Story, Another Cinderella Story, uh, Cinderella Story, Once Upon a Song, A Cinderella Story, If the Shoe F- Fits, and A Cinderella Story, Christmas Wish, Has Just Finished Filming.
1: <laughs> wow. We've even got future content guaranteed by yeah. this episode. Uh, My goodness. So,
0: Look forward to that us covering the Hillary Duff, Chad, Michael Murray. Um, were they in the sequels? No, they're not. <laughs> I know the the sequel has Selena Gomez, and then one has oh, like okay. Lucy Hale.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, okay, sweet. That's funny that we're doing two franchises in a row where it's like, bring it on, bring it on again. Cinderella story, another Cinderella story. It's like this real <laughs> like tongue in cheek way of naming your sequel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, there it is, dude. What an exciting... We barely ever uh, get to do Franchise Roulette these days, and I'm glad that we...
0: And this is the one that we got. <laughs> but also, it's funny, that's the sixth franchise we thought of. Yeah. <laughs> Should also mention, before we go, um, check out our Patreon. If oh, you yeah. love um, this the concept of this podcast, um, on our Patreon at the moment, we get... Um, We let our patrons, uh, who pledge $1 or more, uh, decide every second franchise we cover. So after Cinderella Story, we will be covering a Patreon-suggested franchise. So you can suggest whatever you want. But also, if you are joining this, and uh, if you just sort of found the podcast, and you see that ages ago we did an episode of something you're like we've currently got a poll up there um, because we're going to be doing again I've explained this terribly we're going to be covering a, a franchise that we've already covered in our first year of the podcast um, so yeah yeah, yeah, fun check that out that's why for $1 and up patrons you can decide our fate whether you thought we covered back to the future too early or you want to put us through Freddie versus Jason Again yeah. The choice is in your hands
1: Alright thank you for listening everybody We hope you enjoyed it And we will see you uh, next week For another discussion about something fun Pop cultural And we will see you a week after that For the Cinderella story We plan yep. our episodes two weeks in advance here
0: oh, so. ho, ho, ho.